Tonight, we'll be talking about my favorite Paul W.S. Anderson movie. We're going to talk about the Grand Budapest Hotel. I love that movie. No, that's Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah, dumbass. We're clearly doing boogie nights. Wrong again. That's Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, shit. Does that mean we're doing a Resident Evil movie finally? Very close, McCheese, but not quite. Tonight, we're taking a journey to a hellish dimension with 1997's cult horror classic, Event Horizon, where we're going, you won't need ears to hear a podcast. But you will need beers. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the 128th episode of Hops Box Office Flops presented by Wobam Entertainment. We are the Google Nets premier podcast dedicated to bad movies and good beers. For tonight's pod, we have the first installment in our Hops and Floptober series. This episode, we'll be talking about Mila Jovovich's Better Half's R-rated space horror follow-up to Mortal Kombat, Event Horizon. This movie rules. It's a tad half-baked, but damn, does it have some great visuals and creepy horror elements. Anyway, you can find me debating the finer points of demonic Latin translations on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. T-dubs, where can the listener find your hot takes on the actual effects of the vacuum of space on the human body? When I'm not uh, corpsical, you you can find me on Twitter (laughs) at WriterTLK. Okay. Mayor McCheese, where can the fans find your opinions on proper blood orgy manners? I I mean, when I'm not staring into that weird three-part glowing black jelly orb, I am on HBOF McCheese at Twitter. No, wait. No, that makes sense. Fuck it. Yeah. It's totally not the puzzle box. Not a puzzle box. (laughs) Different movie. And last but not least, I mean, yes, Captain Cash, where can we find you explaining astrophysics with a pen and a porno mag on the socials? I mean, I am always explaining astrophysics with a pen and a porno mag at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. So, listeners, in case you're wondering, the Earth's not going to end in the next 26 years. But in fact, it's going to go backwards and porno magazines will be in style again, as will CDs. So, yeah. Should we just compare discs? I think so. Hey, you know what? You say that thunderous wizard but the save icon is still a three and a half inch floppy disk i'm just saying cds are primed for comeback hopefully this doesn't screw up your trivia but someone recently released a nice infographic of like where we are on the interstellar slash horror slash futuristic timeline when was event horizon it says in the beginning when is it supposed to take place like 2047 2047 yeah 2047 and 20 they give you actually a really stupid timeline of things that don't matter to the movie in 2020 (laughs) we first colonized the moon in 2025 we established coal mining on mars in 2040 (laughs) this giant ghost ship disappeared in 2047 some guy was still reading porno magazines 
That's space. in space. Oh wait, in 2040, when the event horizon disappears, you can still you can still get an old-fashioned skin uh skin New magazine. Book. Yeah. And and a CD at your local FYE. <clears throat> anyway. There's a Sam Goody in the commissary. <laughs> totally. A demonic Sam Goody. But don't forget to check How out. How is that Band different Ranger than King. a regular Sam Goody? It's it's really not. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll get my shameless plug in here. Uh, as always, you can find the pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. And don't forget to download the pod anywhere you can find the finest podcast streaming from a chaos dimension beyond the comprehension of the mortal mind. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to check out Wobam Entertainment at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram for all the trendiest blood orgy tips and tricks. Step one. Eye contact, but don't make it weird. Leave your socks on. You're going to need that extra friction. You do the eye contact if you have no eyes. That's what makes it so much fun. You could like hold one and like. Yeah, it's where you're actually holding them or placing them. Yeah. But place uh, your eyes on the counter if you're in it to win it. Keep them in your head if you would like a more tame experience. It's kind of like yes. a key party. You, you place your yeah. eyes in, in the bowl and then everyone rummages around and just picks yeah. a pair. But I feel like the two uh, of you have been to way too many of these parties. <laughs> Honestly, one is way too many. Yeah. So that brings us to beer. And uh, for tonight's pod, I have selected another fine specimen from Surly Brewing out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I've gone with their Hell Lager. <laughs> Get it? Hell. It's a... It's a kind of a hell movie anyway uh it's an unfiltered light golden colored lager brewed with lager geese and american hops it earns its name thanks to its light golden color hell is german for light after all and it checks in with a captain cash disapproved five percent abv how dare you bring this weak ass shit on this pod how dare you i know it's but it was the t- the name was so fitting it just felt appropriate it's but thematically yeah, appropriate i'll accept it, it. Very thematically appropriate, but yeah, it pours a straw yellow, and, you know, again, hence the name, uh, with a solid amount of head and lacing. Um, it's got multi lager notes as well as some bitterness that's thanks to the American hops, and it gives a decent balance of a doughy lager taste with some citrus notes. Overall, I do find this to be a very drinkable, medium bodied lager, so I'm going to give it a two bad movie rating. It's certainly a trip to hell, I wouldn't mind taking more than once. Cheers. Oh, look at that tagline. How long you, you stay like up that? writing that? That's marketing, folks. What what is hell brewing paying you to do to do this? Uh Surly, uh, they're giving me a lot of the axe man because okay. I, I I honestly just a shout out to the old uh bullet to the head pod. I will say I think the axe man is a little bit better than the hell, but you know what? It, it fits the it fits the movie. And it, it's a decent, I'm not a lager guy, but this beer is all right. Um, I've had several uh throughout the years. Um and it definitely, I will say this, it definitely tastes better uh, on draft than it does out of a can, but whatever. Anyway, I think I'm the only guy with the beer, so that'll be the beer ratings for the night. It's got a solid two bad movie rating, and we'll move on to the tail of the tape. Okay, Event Horizon, folks. This is Paul W.S. Anderson. <clears throat> Got to be very clear here which Anderson we're talking about. Uh, <clears throat> this was uh, uh, his follow-up to Mortal Kombat. After the success of that film, he was offered pretty much whatever he wanted to do. He was offered the Mortal Kombat sequel, the first X-Men movie, 
the X-Files movie, and Alien Resurrection. But he turned them all down, wanting to move away from the PG-13 rated projects and instead make an R-rated film. We dodge a bullet on getting Singer for the X-Men movie, or, or did we not? You know... What a, what a Paul I, Anderson... I, wait, Paul W.S. Anderson X-Men yeah. better? I'd uh, be less problematic. That's true. Yeah, I, I don't know if he would have done a good job with it, though. I yeah, kind of I question yeah. how he would have handled the characters because Mortal Kombat worked. I just don't think that approach would have worked with the X-Men. He's never been a character first guy. He's a visuals, <laughs> damn the story to hell guy. Yeah. Um, so I think we did dodge a bullet there, but um, the, the other two, I mean, the X-Files movie sucks. So sure, that... that let him have fun with the aliens and Fox Mulder go nuts and alien resurrection. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, it's either him or Joss Whedon, right? Like talk about problematic in hindsight. Yeah, sure. Let, let think, uh, well, Whedon just wrote it. He didn't direct it though. Yeah, it was directed no, by but, but, French guy. Yeah. But I'm sure that, you know, uh, oh. W.S. Anderson would have rewrote it. Yeah. Fair. Much like he did with this film. So that brings me to my Not next Not that point. you could hurt the characters in that movie. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so Anderson, he settled on Philip Eisner's script pitched as The Shining in Space. Uh, Anderson made one major revision to the script. Back to my point about him probably rewriting it. Uh, in space. Yeah, it originally called for alien creatures to be the force behind the supernatural elements in the plot, which to Anderson felt way too close to alien. So he replaced the aliens with interdimensional uh, space travel and beefed up the psychological horror elements as part of a significant rewrite. Um, so, although he's not, he's not credited as a writer on the film, which I found interesting. So it, you know, it's it, still Eisner's script, but he clearly made major revisions. So it was billed as the shining in space, but it had aliens, which he thought was too close to aliens. So instead he just made it the shitty shining in space. Uh, yeah. Hellraiser in space. Yeah. Shitty um, shining, shitty shining in space. Yeah, it's, 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 shining. Yeah. it's the shining space. Shit. It's the shining. Say, it's the, the shitty shining. shining. The shining. <laughs> the shitty shining, shining in space. space. Say it yeah. three times, and you get to be king of the pod for the rest of the year. It's yeah, just the shitting, right? Grand Kubab, the blood origin. Yeah. So the movie's runtime was initially over two hours long and considered extremely gory. They've got the you know obligatory people fainted during the test screenings uh, stuff going on here. Uh, and the studio uh, apparently had no clue how gory it was for a couple of reasons. One, Paramount was overly focused on Titanic at the time. And two, apparently all the blood orgy and like visions of hell stuff were all shot late in the schedule and like done on the weekends with the second crew, like the second unit. So like basically they kind of like kept that on the DL. So most of the folks in the studio had no idea what, what Anderson was really up to until they saw the test screenings and they were like, Holy shit. You've, you, you've got to, you've got to, uh, you got to take the pegging down like 11, <laughs> like the pegging has to come down to like negative one. Draw me like um, one of your eviscerated girls. Y- y- yeah. Wow. I, I mean, uh, this for is, what it's what, worth shooting all the goriest, most fucked up shit you possibly could on the weekend to hide it from your boss. <laughs> from the suits. They sort of knew what was up. And uh, yeah, so they ended up having to cut like 
a significant amount of stuff, like 30 some odd minutes to get it down to 96 at the studio's request. And uh, both the producers and Anderson have said in hindsight, they probably cut like 10 minutes too much because, you know, they did remove a lot of the gore, but they also removed several character development scenes uh, that were probably connective tissue the movie could have used in the end. Because uh, thanks to that movie about a boat sinking, uh, this was rushed to release in August of 1997 as a last minute fill in for some movie about a boat sinking. Uh, they rushed the release window uh, to get this in for the summer of 97, and that forced Anderson to edit the film in just six weeks, which is significant because this, the, the Director's Guild guarantees a director 10 weeks of editing time. But Anderson agreed to accept six weeks to meet this release schedule, so it was a mutual agreement. So he had just over half the time typically needed to edit a feature-length film, which sadly it shows. Uh, it made just $42 million worldwide on a budget of $60 million. Okay, so this was a flop. Uh, the movie was also not well received by the critics, and I'm going to read one specific critic analysis here in a bit that's really funny. Um, the general consensus, though, was the movie failed to deliver on its interesting premise or fully capitalize on its memorable visuals, which there are several. Uh, it was also viewed as being another example of a style-over-substance genre film. And yeah, that's not unfair at all. Yeah, I mean, um, you release a yeah. horror film near October. You don't release a horror film like tail end of summer. Like you got yeah. like timing matters. Well, you know, and, and Anderson also felt the studio paramount here uh, mishandled the marketing by referring to this as Star Trek, but darker and <laughs> not portraying it as a straight up R-rated horror movie, which is what it is, because they were kind of like, hey, from the studio that brought you Star Trek, here's Space Movie with Sam Neill. Remember Jurassic Park? You like that guy. Remember, hey, remember they went and they heard all the humpback whales? It's like that. Except there's an orgy, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Blood. Blood. But instead of humpback yeah. whales, they were just whales covered in razor blades. And instead of whales, and, they and were still people. humping. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Rotten Tomatoes has this at 29%, which it has been climbing up over the years, uh, and a user score of 61%, which that's your standard user score bump on a horror flick. That tracks. I'm not horror shocked Horror flicks are that. not going to get well-reviewed no matter what you do. Oh, yeah. Just wait to hear this review from uh, the Washington Post. It's great. Uh, Metacritic's got it at 35 with a user score at a respectable 7.8. And I'll be honest, I'm okay with this because... Frankly, it's probably Paul W.S. Anderson's best movie, in my opinion. Uh, he really peaked early. And when you were mentioning all the projects, people were like, oh, we should get him. Uh, after the first Mortal Kombat, he never had higher cachet than after that first Mortal Kombat movie. No. no. He just went straight down the uh, ski jump into <laughs> <laughs> Right into Mila Jovich's lap. So he's doing just fine. Just I mean, all things considered. Yeah, right into and the those, those Resident Evil movies made a, a, a load of money, so he's he's doing fine. He's got more uh, pairs of 3D glasses than anyone on earth. That's also, <laughs> it's also a plus. That's a fact, and you could tell how bad he wanted this movie to be 3D in a couple of scenes for sure. Uh, but the technology just wasn't there at the time. Oh, you mean like uh, all the floating goo? It's yeah. everywhere, man. A hundred percent of the zero gravity scenes. Oh, very yeah, clearly that... shot with like stuff flying toward the camera where you're like, 
this had to have been meant for 3D. Otherwise, why would you shoot it like this? Yeah, why, yeah exactly. The ice crystals, the water bottle, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can get uh, Event Horizon for free uh, streaming on HBO Max if you're signed up, or you can find it for $2.99 on most other streaming services. And here's that fantastic quote from the Washington Post. <laughs> and, and I quote, if you want to have that Event Horizon experience without spending the seven bucks, try this instead. Put a bucket on your head. Have a loved one beat it vigorously with a wrench for a hundred minutes. Same difference. And think of the gas you'll save. Okay. That's brutal. This movie is not that bad. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's that's way too harsh. I think it's pretty harsh because the visuals are worth like the hyperdrive and like the The gravity driver, the tunnel, like all that stuff is really cool looking. Uh, yes, the gravity drive scenes are great. That's a great set. The tunnels are great, like you said, Thunderous Wizard. And you also get a solid performance out of Sam Neill and Larry Fishburne. And Larry was clearly shopping the Morpheus character. Just a li- like he was workshopping it just a little bit here. Uh, you could, I mean, I, I really like his character in this movie because he, he's the one that keeps us cool and he makes like good decisions which is like the anti-horror movie trope like where people make terrible decisions yeah larry fishburne's character he like instantly says he he looks at the situation says you know screw it we're out of here like no one ever does that in a horror movie they always (laughs) stick around too long he's like no we're done peace out anyway we'll get to that also you'll get to it in the plot but he's like the one character that gives like this meaningful little monologue about what the ship is doing to him (laughs) yes that's literally the one piece of exposition that makes this whole movie make sense if he doesn't have that moment this movie's got major problems no like that's that's i i kind of wish you could see what they cut but obviously that's impossible so yeah we'll get to that yeah yeah so hey we're talking about the director and cast here already event horizon was co-written although not credited as a writer and directed by paul ws anderson and uh it's pretty much the only thing that eisner has written outside of some spec scripts for TV and B movies. So it's kind of interesting out of all the projects he had, he picked this one script from this writer Eisner. And this is like the only thing this guy's done in terms of a big budget movie. So, well, whatever, shoot your shot, I guess. Um, we've got Sam clever girl, Neil as Dr. Weir. Is Dr. Weir just pretty much an extension of how psychotic Dr. Grant was when he basically informed a child that a Raptor would eat his guts kind of kind of yeah oh it's it's a bird you think that's funny do you fat boy well let me tell you then <laughs> uh, uh, we do have lawrence morpheus fishburne as captain miller i mean just, uh, we've just got, jumping back for a second sure a traumatic experience on dinosaur island it's gonna break you a little so maybe you I, go on to become an evil astrophysicist I, I mean, I'm not ruling it out. I think it's canon at this point. He just froze himself for 40 years. Yeah. Or, or, uh, or we have established that InGen clones people. So they just cloned him, whatever it is, yeah. 20 oh, years from now. But it's like multiplicity. Like every time they clone Dr. Grant, he gets more evil. Yeah. He gets a little more deviated. Yeah. Eventually he has a devil. Devious. Well, he clearly has a devil penis in this movie. Uh, I, we just don't see it. I just it. realized. But in the extended cut, I'm sure it's there. If you work out the timing, Dr. Weir is a millennial. He was like born in 2000. What do you think his Facebook is like? What do you, what do you think his Instagram presence was? Like 
in a relationship. You had a mean TikTok. That's all I'm saying. In a relationship with Event Horizon. <laughs> yeah. Blood orgies. Uh, we've also got Jolie Richardson as Lieutenant Stark. And uh, fun fact, she's Liam Neeson's sister-in-law. And definitely not Laura Dern from Jurassic Park. Yeah, she's not Laura Dern. Yeah. Um, and we got Jason Lucius Malafoy Isaacs as Dr. DJ. That's the only name they give him, DJ. Uh, we've got Kathleen uh, Quinlan as MedTech Peters, who's... Uh, yeah, I, I have questions about some of these crew members. Uh, I wasn't even uh, sure what most of their jobs were. Yeah, it just it's like she's a med tech. Okay. Despite great. the fact they all go around a table and say, My job is this. Yeah. Because yeah, like yeah. they only call Dr. Weir doctor, but he's not an actual doctor. Not a medical doctor. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's not a medical he's a, doctor. But they keep going, a, like, oh, doctor, physics doctor. doctor. But they don't call doctor, DJ doctor. doctor. No, and he's just DJ, and then you got Peters and I'm not really sure what these people do and why they're it's, necessary in this mission. Like it, it's worse. It's worse than Prometheus. I'll just say that. It but, bugs uh, me that they call the doctor DJ. Those are two separate jobs and it's confusing. Yeah. He's yeah, also well, the DJ on the Lois yeah. Clark spinning his CDs. Just sick tunes. Yeah. Sick tunes, bro. Lots of CDs. Uh, and then we have my personal favorite, uh, Jack dead at 21 noseworthy as Justin. And uh, you've that, also got is that baby bear? That's, that's baby, baby bear. bear. Don't open yeah. the airlock, baby bear. Right, because that and that scene means nothing because these characters that ca- the bottom half of this cast list is just basically cannon fodder. Uh, and you've got Richard T. Jones and and Sean uh, Pertwee as the other miscellaneous crew members, but yeah, they don't really matter. Uh, uh, fix it, guys. Just, yeah, they're just background dudes for the blood orgy. <laughs> they're fluffers. Uh, let's get Nobody to the one Nobody wants to be here. the fluffer at the blood orgy. No, do not sign up for that job. Uh, IMDB describes the movie as follows. A rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and is now returned with someone or something new on board. All right. So that's not completely accurate, but I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, the the black hole is kind of like you know, you know, self created, but well, whatever. Yeah, it, it goes back and you know, okay, the ship's the ship's haunted now. Ooh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, no, if I'm gonna call this anything, it's what if the Star Child from 2001: A Space Odyssey's parents were The Shining uh, and Hellraiser? Yeah. Okay, well, that works, Captain Cash. I'll give you that one. T-dubs, how would you describe this movie in one sentence? So as I was texting you guys earlier, the premise of this reminded me quite a bit of Dead Space, especially the floating hand. So I'm like, this had oh, to yeah. have like inspired the game Dead Space in some ways. And then I found out that the creator of Dead Space, Glenn Schofield, was, he did take inspiration from this amongst other things. So I'm going to call yeah. it Brain Dead Space. Yeah. Okay, I like that little Peter Jackson joke there too, if you're... Clever, clever girl. Clever. Yeah, well, you know, the thing I've always thought about the the mask in Dead Space always looks like the front of the event horizon to me. That yeah, helmet the, with the, the vertical yeah, a little bit. or the hor- the horizontal slats. Just I mean. the yeah. the aesthetics of the ships, like the especially the, the very long corridors, a lot of it feels like dead space. Yeah. Um, yeah. if I was gonna channel Norm McDonald, it would have been event horizon. <laughs> Get um <laughs> 
Uh, RIP, buddy. Okay, what do you got for us, Mary McCheese? So my one-sentence description is the guy from Jurassic Park goes on an interstellar acid trip while listening to Prodigy. No, yeah, no, that 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 works. That comes up later too. I like that. There is a uh, fire so starter mine. in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, smack my bitch up. Uh, oh, so here's my one-liner: Star Trek six 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 colon Deep Space Hellraiser. Yeah, no, that tracks. Oddly enough, there there is a Hellraiser in space. Oh, it's terrible. I think it's yeah. number four, which is like a, a theme in, in crappy, like crappy horror sequels. Like yeah, four Critters Four to goes to space, Leprechaun Four goes to space. Is that Day is Max. that Bloodlines? Uh I don't know. I think it's just Hellraiser in space. I think they're like, fuck it. Nah, space. Hellraiser in space. In space. <laughs> I tell you what, it's better than the spring break one. That one's the worst. Wait, there's just there's a, there's a spring break one. There's a spring break. <laughs> yeah, these guys go to these guys go down to Tijuana and, and find Pinhead. It's it's not great. Yeah. I mean, okay. I wish I was making Is this the, up. I've I've actually seen it. It's not it's not good. It's not good. What are you doing here, man? You got you got <laughs> dart your neck. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Woo, Jaeger. Whoa, look at this dude, man. Sweet piercings, bro. Uh, yeah, let's get to the plot of this thing. I mean, I feel like you could do the plot of this movie in like you know. 30 seconds i mean there's a spaceship uh that's lost it shows back up distress signal crew goes out to find it uh they find out thanks to the doctor they brought with us that built the missing spaceship that it has a gravity drive that allows it to go through wormholes and so it disappeared now it's back and everybody on board's dead and and, and the ship's haunted and and uh it, it tries to kill everybody ship's haunted gotta go uh, ship's haunted yep yep it's trying to get everybody to to its goal is to to get the crew to take it back to hell and the the creator you know falls for it and and uh so, like, he tries to help the ship along the way and everyone has weird visions there's a blood orgy uh larry fishburne don't, don't uh, yada 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 this you you did the uh, you no, went, no, uh, yeah, it's, I but, do, you know, it's it's not super complicated i mean the movie thinks it's really smart but it's really not my question is why did the ship need them to get it back to hell it got out of hell you know and, and it seems to start itself in the movie. So let's get to the, the more well, detailed it's, yeah, plot Yeah, it's here. just a giant Christine. Like, it, effectively, yeah. Because <laughs> well, again, it, again. The movie, I mean, it needs, I, I don't, yeah. I don't, maybe it's just the suffering. Maybe it just wants to hurt the people too. I don't know. No, one, either it wants more people or two, when he explains with the piece of paper how you close the space-time continuum while he's using the pen to show it going from a point in the universe to another point that actual travel distance is the seven years that they're in hell and then it popped out the other side and sent out the distress beacon and apparently that passage through is the timeline of the torture and now it wants more why not um and so, so it's trying, really to, it's trying to get them to recreate the gravity hole let's get to it that's an interesting point how much time actually passed for the crew of the original crew of the event horizon. That's Which an is, interesting I, point. I think that's, I think it's part of what's lost in the director's cut. That's, you know, no one's going to ever know well, about is that the, I, th- I think there's a little more explanation of the closing of that wormhole of yeah. why, you know, there's, there, there, <laughs> there is video of them in um, yeah. hell, hold, if you will. Yeah. Hold on more on that later. Let's talk about that when it comes up because other people have had the same thought you've had there, McCheese, and there is some academic work on this. So, oh, I'm an academic, I'm an academic, everybody. Yeah, exactly. You're uh, an internet academic. Send now. me so, your praise. 
so the, the the movie the movie opens uh, with the crew of the Lewis and Clark uh, being sent out to the outer reaches of our solar system on a top secret search and rescue mission. Technically, the movie opens with Sam Neill shaving himself with a straight razor, and like in twenty forty seven, it, it's a tip off. No one who uses a straight razor is a sane person, but That's you true. find out what that straight razor was used for, and in retrospect, it's like. Holy shit! This man is really off his rocker. I thought oh, it yeah. started out with a random spinning body, or is that a little bit later? That's a little bit later. later. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. So yeah. my yeah. thing was like, because you don't, you get that. I'm just doing the plot here. I'm not doing a visual breakdown. Exposition, yeah, no, him, fair. But I, but I just like it opens on him doing this, and I'm just like, the, the, the movie, the movie foreshadows stuff very heavily. You have that scene. You have when. Uh, Captain Miller, Lawrence Fishburne, first enters the event horizon. He's like, this place is a tomb. Like, it's like every, it's pretty, it's like, yeah. The movie wants you to watch it more than once, which is a lot to ask for most typical viewers. Just from I've seen it five times and I will keep going, but still, you're not going to get, you're not going to get a lay person to watch this more than once. I I love this movie, but I will freely admit it's pretty stupid. Just from a storytelling standpoint, wouldn't it have worked better if his wife had been on the event horizon, which is why he's so like gung-ho about not getting off this ship, even when you know, it's it, messing it would have been him? very much, you know, basically the movie now I realized that ripped this off is uh, uh Shang-Chi. Oh, it's almost as if because because ba- basically that's just Shang-Chi's dad trying to get through the gravity drive to get his mom, but she's not really there. It's the gravity drive calling him beckoning him. yeah i mean she is in a sense on the ship with him or at least the ship creates an apparition of her yeah yeah let's him. let's get let's get to that yeah. okay so the so we got the crew here of the lewis and clark which is a rescue ship and they've been called out on a top secret mission and just before they go into their gravity stasis for the trip they learn that they're on a mission to rescue the crew of the allegedly destroyed event horizon which thanks to a text crawl we find out was you know, the greatest spacefaring disaster the world's ever known because the ship the was lost. Space Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. Wormhole right ahead. There's no wormhole there. Space Titanic. The cover story was that it was lost, but in reality, this was mankind's first ship capable of faster than light travel. And, you know, it had actually been lost once they activated this experimental gravity drive. Uh, the crew now learns that the event horizon was not destroyed shocker. And, you know, the ship just simply had disappeared and now it has returned and they've picked up a super creepy distress signal more on that in a bit. Uh, Dr. Weir, the inventor of the gravity drive is along and clear psychopath. Yeah. Which is, yeah, he's completely the oddball from, from jump street. Uh, He's along for the trip along with captain Miller's crew of truckers in space. Okay, so this is this is totally alien at this point. Yeah, right? This is very heavily aliens from yeah, the porno is, on the walls to the yeah. everybody like, what do you do on this ship? Ah, you know, I just do my thing, baby. I'm just here for my shares. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Dr. Weird does his porno and pin explanation of creating a wormhole. It's not really faster than light travel. You're really just folding space time. And that's how the gravity drive allows the horizon to technically travel faster than light. It opens a gateway or something. Uh, again, heavy, heavy foreshadowing. Uh, once the crew reaches the event horizon, which is in a decaying orbit around Neptune. Okay, just real quick aside here. If it's in a decaying orbit, that means it's going to crash into Neptune. Uh, 
Yes. It's not just chilling. Decaying means it's... Yeah, it's going to crash into Neptune. You want to save the space Titanic and any people aboard if you can before but, it crashes. But but, but it's, it's clearly not in a decaying orbit. It's just around Neptune. But they say decaying orbit, which bothers space nerds. Um, and they discover that the crew is dead. In fact, they are corpsicles, to be precise. And it's immediately clear something went horribly wrong on the ship. Uh, poor Justin managed to activate the gravity drive or, or did the ship do it and is pulled into the drive's black goo portal. Okay. First off, black goo portal. Always bad. It's always bad. Always bad. Like, I don't know what the compulsion is to touch the gooey portal, but that happens in like six movies. Yep. We need to retire the touch the gooey portal. That I was, think it's got it's got to yeah. be like a mental draw because if you look at his eyes, you could tell he's kind of like zoned completely. He's mesmerized. Out. Yeah. 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 That was your it, Prometheus moment, though. Like, ooh, I should put my hand on that. And it's like, oh, look, yeah. at this pe- mm-hmm. look at this penis, penis snake with the vagina mouth. I'm yeah. touching it. I'm going to touch it. I got to yeah. touch, touch it. I'm going to touch it. I'm gonna what touch are it. you? <laughs> Let me get you real close to my face. Now, yeah. I will say that as they're walking around the ship, they do a good job of hiding sort of jump scares. Like one person will walk into a corridor and she shines the light around in front of her, but then a light will happen behind her, and you'll see like just gore and like corpse pieces stuck yeah. to the walls. And it's a very effective mood setting. Some of the stronger work happens right here with a lot of the visuals and the cinematography. And uh, let's just take a moment here to say that these sets for the spaceships and the interiors were all practical. Oh, yeah. And it shows they're very cool, they're very atmospheric. But what bothers me about this scene is that they go in there with these crew members that, again, we were sort of explained what their jobs were, but basically everybody just splits up. And it's just like, everybody just go wander around by yourself. Okay, gang, let's find the <laughs> let's split up. Spaceship. Like, wait, what's the plan here? Do these people have specific jobs or specialties? Why is, why is Justin, why is he down in the gravity drive room? He's like, yeah, go in there and see what you can do in the giant like thermonuclear reactor room. Poke thing. around. Definitely touch the gooey black hole. I just don't, I'm like, what, what is going on here? But yeah, anyway, so uh, yeah, so poor Justin does fall into the black goo portal and uh, it causes an explosion in the, or something and the resulting shockwave damages the Lewis and Clark. And uh, once he's retrieved from the portal, he's comatose. And then shit really hits the fan when he wakes up, or is it the ship, and decides to lock himself in an airlock and open the outer doors. And then I will say we do get a somewhat scientifically accurate portrayal of the effect of the vacuum space on the human body. And a nice hero moment for Captain Miller as he saves Justin, uh, but not before his eyes burst and there's blood and a lot of mama bear and baby bear uh, angst um, who have not been called that until this point. Did, did and I get that? The nope. hero, the hero moment is somewhat held back by Lawrence Fishburne shouting, Justin! as he jumps through space. It's just like, yeah, I feel like you could have just said nothing. Yeah. And, and the character development there is lacking. Cause you like just, why do we care about Justin, the black goo toucher? And why is, the random med tech calling him baby bear. I don't know why she mom, like she there's, do, do they know each other? Do they have a thing? Yeah. yeah she's a mom know. that comes ne- up later. Never mind yeah. that. Uh, Captain Miller does space parkour to get down there to save him when he's oh, just he does. literally jumping over obstacles. 
he does some hardcore untethered from anything space, in space. parkour. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I will so, say the bursting of the eyes, though, that's one of the recurring themes in this is that Dr. Is. Weir is haunted by a vision of his wife without eyes. And as much Where as I'm going, you don't need eyes. Yeah, it comes up. And and to be fair, Justin had basically kind of stated he didn't want to see anymore because what he had seen in the portal was more than he could handle. And there is a pretty cool moment when he is as uh <clears throat> Mary Cheese pointed out he was still sort of under the influence of the ship at the time and then he snaps out of it once it's too late and that that is kind of a cool moment when he starts to plead like oh no no don't let me die don't let me die like, I, I i didn't really want to do this i was i was you know under control of something else space and that madness. was pretty cool yeah that was a, that was a pretty cool twist there um and and, and otherwise kind of clunky scene uh, but yeah, it's at this point that many of the Lewis and Clark's crew, including Dr. Weir, as you pointed out, Captain Cash, begin to have strange and disturbing hallucinations. Weir starts to see his spoiler, dead wife, and uh, the others see visions of loved ones or people from their past in different horrible conditions and, and whatnot. His dead wife, who killed herself by getting into the bathtub and slitting her wrist with the same straight razor he uses he... to shave every morning. Presumably, this man yes, is not well. No, nope, nope, nope. And I find it odd that they heavy-handedly give us that wife stuff, but at no point is the wife his motivation to go on this mission. Again, that's why it does make more sense if she is uh, on the event horizon, like you said, uh, T Dubs. Well, I give you credit be, there. There's got to be I, some clarifying content that's just totally gone because yeah. so much of this is like, who cares? I well, don't care I, I about think, the little boy I think, under I think, the blanket. I think the thing, is, yeah, he's not, he's not over his wife taking her own life, so he's turning himself into his work, I guess. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, that's and, that's and, the and thing. Then, she killed herself because she was alienated from him because he was so busy working on this ship. So mm-hmm. if he goes and saves yeah. the ship, that's sort of him. Not trying to save his himself, wife, but it's yeah. it's the last thing he has left. And Mama Bear had to leave her son at home with yeah. her ex husband, and you get like a really quick video vlog entry to show you that. But it's yeah, it's not much. But yeah, it turns into it after that. She just chases the kid in the park around, like you said on the text earlier, Captain Cash. But yeah, I mean, so everybody's having hallucinations and freaking out. And, uh, you know, while they were on the event horizon, they did manage to get like the, 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 the ship's log or the black box, whatever, which was on a compact disc. And they finally do uh, view this. And that's where we get the infamous blood orgy footage uh, of the original crew of the event horizon mutilating and raping each other. It's uh, pretty gnarly stuff. I'm just going to go yeah. out there and say it. It's 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 very brief. It showed in flashes. Uh, so it's, it's not like flashes. Yeah. Um, a lot of cuts, but yeah, you, it's pretty gnarly. Um, and this is probably my favorite part of the movie. After watching this, Captain Miller has seen enough and announces, we're leaving. Fuck this ship. It. It's an we're appropriate out. response from somebody in a leadership position instead yeah. of yep. like, we need to save the data. Nope. We're no, out. We're out. Fuck yeah, this. No, we, Fuck we, all we need, of this. Goodbye. You know, it would only to, be better if he double said, check this. Can we go back over there and split up again real fast? He's like, nope, I'm having nightmares and seeing dead people. I just saw a blood orgy. I'm out of here. It would only be better if before saying we're leaving, he said, Fuck this ship. We're leaving. Yeah. He does well, say get, fuck this ship. We get that later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh fair. I, I'm just gonna be honest. Like, 
T Dubs wants to stay on the ship. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's see where this no. goes. Come on, blood or orgy. No, oh, no. guys, guys, Everybody. you don't know if that's real or fa- fake news. Fake news. Uh, yeah, Let's see what news. it is. When you're sitting in the the like whatever room it is, and there's just like splattered like blood cake to the wall, and he's like, "What happened here, doctor?" And it's like, I think it's pretty clear what happened here. It's it might like, be, it, it might be it, time it, to go. And the like the the several windows don't just have a little bit of blood. Like they have a thick coating of like flesh and blood, and yep. everyone just seems to be ignoring that. Like, oh man, we got to get the core back online. I'd be spending a lot of time. Like, hey, we should probably get the fuck away from okay. whatever is coating these windows because that doesn't look like a mold. That looks like people. <laughs> well, you know, it looks like the stuff from uh, uh, Dreamcatcher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. So here's my thing. Okay, a lot of people bash this movie for some of its inconsistencies, one of which being that when they get on the ship originally and you have the corpse sickles, one of the opening shots of the CGI is a water bottle floating by with liquid water in it. Huh. So, so they're like, is everything frozen or not? Some people said, well, maybe it was booze. Maybe they had booze on the ship. I would say you should find something better to do with your time than to nitpick that kind of things in Event Horizon from 1997. Here's my thing, Machis, to your point about like all the viscera on the walls and like the, the blood spatter and whatnot. Okay, so let's just say all that stuff's frozen while the ship's you know been dormant. Yeah. And everybody's walking around now with their helmets off, you Ew. know, in the ship. So I'm Ew. assuming they warmed it up. So is all that stuff like Ew. smelling and getting warm and thawed out? Is it oozing? And like, like what's that place smell like? It has to smell like a rendering plant. Uh, smell like know? tin cups trailer so it's trailer like in there. <laughs> so i'm just thinking like okay so this place is obviously not frozen anymore but it's got to smell terrible yeah. anyway. what, so, was the, what was the name of the book that exposed the uh terrible conditions of the chicago meat plant uh, meat factories the, the, jungle. the jungle yeah the jungle. it basically yeah. smells like what that book was trying to describe <laughs> yeah so okay so at this point like we said captain miller says peace we're out uh and he des- he devises a plan to destroy the event horizon by using missiles fired from the lewis and clark which and actually when he describes that i'm like yeah fuck yeah do that yeah or he's like could, no my plan is to get from a safe sure. enough distance yeah like i i'm not trying like i know this is nitpicky but i'm like do it do why, it why why does why does a search and rescue vehicle have tactical missiles future well, stuff man it's future well, stuff and you know, uh, normally if that was a standalone point, Captain Cash, I'd be like, "Yeah, come on, dude, let it go." Man. It's, it's, you it's, also it's don't know what you're going to run into when you get to Neptune. Excellent point, Mayor McCheese. So why does the ship have tack missiles, but they don't have a single firearm on the ship inside? All they have are those riveting guns for. That's not say they have those fancy rivet guns. Those seem Which like they're pretty badass. Totally get teased, not used nearly enough. They got a lot of porn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's, I'm just saying if you've got tack missiles, you're not saying there's not a plasma rifle on board. I mean, yeah. come on. at least a flamethrower. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Straight yeah. razors yeah. are there. Yeah, so. it is. Oh yeah, yeah, if they run low on food, they could barbecue that wall meat. Yep. <laughs> mm, wall meat. <laughs> wall meat. All the frozen <laughs> corpses probably held. So yeah, you know, you freeze meat, it's good. Space yeah, Donner deep, party. Deep space frozen meat can yeah. last for centuries. Yeah, it's it's like the it's like the spaceman ice cream stuff. No okay, worries, but that... going on long John Silver's, so it'll be all right. <laughs> it'll be all right. If you've eaten a uh... hush puppy, you've essentially eaten what was on the event for <laughs> You've eaten essentially wall eaten wall meat. <laughs> you've, eaten, you've eaten Dr. Weir's eyes. 
I'm pretty sure that's what's in a chalupa. He but doesn't anyway, need them anymore. He even says it. Uh, but that plan to, to nuke it from orbit, uh, the only way to be sure, is foiled uh, when the ship, uh, and now a possessed and eyeless Dr. Weir, starts killing the crew members and manages to blow up the Lewis and Clark. They say they're going to use tactical missiles, but then they put a whole bunch of bombs where he can get them and... He's saying well, the bombs are already get away. Yeah, well, gonna they don't know up. he's gone crazy. Either way, yeah, they they, yeah. they weren't there when he decided to rip his own eyes out. A little bit of thing there. Yeah, he, you know, like uh, Wilford Brimley and his testing I, supplies. Yeah. I also like yeah. how yeah, he, he, when he sabotages and scurries away. Yeah. yeah. I also like how they only go to about six parts of this ship, but they never cross the shirtless, eyeless Dr. Weir, who's now haunting around stealing bombs. Dude, who's just buck naked (laughs) (laughs) with a bunch of straight razor cuts, just like dick swinging around the event horizon. (laughs) But, you know, it's tough to track him because he is leaving blood, but with all the wall meat thawing, there's just kind of blood everywhere. So he was probably able to camouflage himself. With he did a he did a very good job from I don't know how space <laughs> measurements work, but from what I can tell, it seems like the corridor between the back of the event horizon and the front of the event horizon is six football fields, roughly. I, it looks long, yeah. Even on the exterior shots, it's, and he's it I mean he's going extremely. back and forth, yeah. back and forth, checking shit out and stealing bombs. <laughs> I do love when he goes, I'm not leaving, and he just disappears. <laughs> yeah, I am he, like, home. backs off into the shadow, and you're like, You're you backed up two feet. You're right there. I yeah. can still see. You. I, I can they, still well, see. I mean, you. While also not bringing guns, they brought zero flashlights. You don't need yeah. flashlights in space. You have your iPhone. Yeah. When Doctor Weir says "I am home" and slips into the shadows, it's like the worst version of that meme of Homer Simpson backing into the bushes. Did we? <laughs> Pardon me. I, I was I was trying Go to ahead. find the my recommendation online. I still can't find it. Uh, did we skip the part where Dr. Weir, oh yeah, we had to because now he's eyeless, where he crawls into the black hole thingy and it's just a bunch of weird green computer grid kind of oh, tunnels. Shit, that, that does come up later. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> the Jeffrey tubes, uh, as they call them on Star I'm Trek. Like, I'm like, okay, I don't know how a black hole works, obviously because Dr. Weir invented it and they don't really go into much explanation, but it seems to be no. a lot of spikes, spinny flashlight things and also green ductwork with i i absolutely it's supposed to it's supposed to be micro chips i think it's circuit boards the whole thing i don't know i absolutely love mayor mccheese's point here because the event horizon looks like none of the other ships we see we see two other ships we see the space station and we see the lewis and clark and those just look like ships the event horizon is full of evil architecture the doors literally have teeth and you want to look at Dr. Weird and go, did it need to look like it wants to eat us to make a gravity? Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you say it, it, that it's earlier. A, it's a giant crucifix, too. Yeah. And as you say that, this is one of those rewatch things. Earlier, when he does that, like, well, I invented it. He says it in such a shitty, I want to kill everyone sort of way in his face. Like, now it sort of makes sense on my third watch through. He's like, yeah, I invented it. Like, to murder all you fucking people. Literally every scene where he's sitting in that like throne chair, it's like, come on, like, do you not know that this guy's nutty's a fruitcake? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, again, this movie is so heavy handed with the foreshadowing. There's like was no, there no psych to it. evaluations on the ship. 
I clearly not. I yeah. do I do think it's super convenient for the devil or whoever is coming from this space hell that he essentially just built a murder room within the gravity drive. Like there's spikes everywhere. It's, it's built to murder people. Well, those, those and, are and the hallway spikes. they make the they make the ship come faster. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, maybe, and then, maybe, maybe the thing we're missing here is Sam Neil is the actual devil because he designed it and then he sent it there and it gobbled the first crew and he's bringing them a second crew as yeah. more food. I have, a, I have a theory about how to improve this movie that relies on something like that. So let's finish up the plot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor, yeah. poor Chumzilla is just getting so pissed at our sidetracks. Oh. No, no. And you, you bring up an excellent point too, which is about the spikes and stuff. Like, have we not? I didn't cover it in the plot, but let's just take a brief moment here to talk about the meat grinder hallway. The like oh, yeah. th- that comes up like twice but it really never does anything but it's a yeah. cool visual i'm very surprised that that doesn't grind somebody into it exactly because it looks like it should and then they're yeah. like no this water boils yeah. sorry i'm like oh okay we'll do the boiling just, water just thing. imagine you're like you've had a long shift working in the hyperdrive spike room of death <laughs> you're like oh, i gotta walk back to my bunk had a little too much to drink oh shit <laughs> What happened to Fred? Uh, uh, <laughs> meat the grinder, meat, yeah. meat grinder, meat grinder horror. On the plus side, more wall meat today. Yeah, I do appreciate that that set up every haunted house from 1997 and ad infinitum until history. They're going to have a spinny room with a narrow walkway down the center because of Event Horizon. <laughs> Yeah, and I do appreciate the movie does, in fact, call it the meat grinder, Holly. It looks like a meat grinder. Yeah, it does. Yeah, don't don't fall on that thing. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, like we said, now now Weir is fully possessed, and he's blown up the uh, <clears throat> Lewis and Clark, and Captain Miller's gone on to plan B here. Okay, well, if he can't escape on the Lewis and Clark, he's going to escape on the bridge section of the event horizon by blowing that long corridor and separating it from the gravity die, uh, excuse me, the gravity drive stern uh, portion of the ship. And uh, <clears throat> at that point, uh, Dr. Weir has other plans and he Obviously. starts the gravity drive for a trip back to hell. And he confronts captain Miller in the, the gravity drive death room. Uh, Miller manages to fight him off in that chamber just long enough to set off the explosives and sacrifice himself. Uh, the remaining crew, Stark, welcome back to the movie. Where have you been? Uh, Cooper, who spent a good part of the movie floating in space, and the comatose Justin are back in their gravity stasis pods uh, safely as uh, you know uh, they drift off in that front section of the event horizon. Uh, 72 days later, they are found by a rescue team. Stark gives us a jump scare when one of her rescuers lifts up his visor to reveal Dr. Weir's slashed face. But psych, it's just a dream. Everything is going to be all right. Or will it? Yeah, the doors close and we see the lights appear from around the gravity drive. And it's like, oh, I mean, like honestly, it's a good ending, I think. Well, and I kind of undersold, like, there is a protracted battle between Captain Miller and the Weir monster, as I like to call him. Because at this point, Weir had been blown out into space, and then he just kind of shows back up. 
Yeah. So it's, it's unclear if it's really him or if it's something, but yeah, I mean, one of the things the movie lacks because of the cuts is that basically the ship feeds on the fears of the crew members. So they all have visions of like something from their past that's haunting them. We are sees his wife. Uh, what's her face? The, the medic Peter. chicks, Peter's sees her son and yeah, her his, his legs are messed up, of course, but then he's running around. She's chasing him. Miller um, sees the fire dude. Mil- yeah. Captain Miller. She's the guy he, he couldn't save on a previous mission uh, who will cost him for not saving him, but also turns out to be weird because uh, spoiler, there were like three different endings to this movie. And the one that we got was kind of Frankenstein of two of them. Yeah. Uh, the original ending was just, Miller fighting the fire guy, but people didn't like that. So then they took the second ending that wasn't used originally where he fights Weir and they combined them. So now he fights a combined Weir and fire monster. So that kind of explains why Weir gets blown out of the, uh, the ship at one point. I'm assuming maybe there's a version where he didn't return and it, it is just Miller fighting the flame guy. Yeah. You don't get Dr. Weir till that jump scare. It doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't um, know and, if we, and- I don't know if we I'll, missed it earlier, but I did. I do want, I don't know if you commented on it or if we discussed it, but I did like the visual um, where you see the glowing triple ring in, um, I can't remember if it's Justin or Weir's eye. Uh, yeah, a that's a great shot. That's a super great I mean, that's a really cool shot for. Yeah, it is this, a cool shot. Scare. Yeah. It, it really I, is. I that is a cool set. The, the gravity drive room is a cool set. Uh, it's yeah. it's just it's creepy and weird, memorable. I always interpreted the reflection of the gravity drive in someone's eye as they are now attempting to be possessed by the gravity drive. Yeah, or yeah. they're yeah. now about to experience a hallucination from the gravity drive. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a fair assessment. Yeah, uh, th- there's two things I forgot, McCheese, and I'm surprised you haven't called me out for it. We we kind of glossed over it, and we'll talk about it later because I'm sure we're all going to agree on this one. Uh, again, people's fears the ship plays on them. Um, we get there's character development for DJ the doctor that gets cut, but we do see the big scar in his chest. So he had he had a fear of having to be operated on or cut while alive, yeah. Because apparently he had a bad experience with that, and there was more to that. It gets mentioned him and Miller have a moment, and that's where we do get that where Miller explains like I've never told anybody about this fire guy, but the ship showed it to me. The ship's alive. That's the big like realization there. Yeah. DJ Shorta kind of shares something. It doesn't really pay off though until we're vivisects him and hangs him from the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and you and you can find extended cuts of that online. That shot was longer in and uh in the original cut. And the other thing too that cracks you up, you do get two or three different blood filling panels which is clearly just like a lighting effect, which is just such a ripoff of the shining. It's like yeah. the blood hallway, but like the cheapest way possible. Like, Oh, the green lit up panel turns red. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things like if the ship can scare you, why is it going for the cheap out of yeah. the blood elevator? Like it clearly can tap into your like deepest, darkest fears. Why is it doing the like, Oh no, there's some blood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and honestly, the, I think you're hitting on two of the biggest problems yeah. with this movie, which are the motivation, like the antagonist is the ship. They tell yeah. you that. Yeah. But it, its motivations are somewhat unclear beyond torture everybody. And then a ship as an antagonist usually needs an avatar, and they chose for that Dr. Weir, but his motivations are never all that clear either. 
Because there mean, are times I, when he's sympathetic and there's like, it's a real Jack Torrance, but he never like. Yeah. I think you're sitting directly on top of the how you fix this. <laughs> yeah. Like those two points are, if you fix those two points, this movie just absolutely. It's a lot it. better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, I'll just, I'll just say this too. The ending of the movie, not only is it not super satisfying, but if you go back and watch it again, which I didn't catch it till this time because I, it was pointed out in an article I read. So I, I watched it again with a critical eye. The sound effects at the oh, end yeah. are like <laughs> stock, like stock fight noises, like smack, bang up, pow, tickow. Like it's like, Dung. what is going on? And then you realize, oh, they only had six weeks to edit it, so like, screw it, whatever we got, give me well, some, that, give me some of that uh, that uh, clip art sounds. That and <laughs> they just wasted a bunch of unnecessary money on what they thought was unique, which was the 3D at the time, which no one should have spent that. Yeah. Spend yeah. it more this, on spend it more on the creature effects of this movie, which actually were kind of cool. Yeah, no, the practical stuff in this, which is the bulk of it, is pretty good. So, hey, yeah. real quickly here, let's give this movie some beer ratings. Um, I'll start off. I'm a sucker for the movie. I've loved it. I've always thought it was it was better than it than it probably is. Um, so I'm going to give it two demonically possessed spaceship beers um, at 96 minutes long. It doesn't give you much time to question the dumber plot points. And at the two beer pace, it will help you forget your questions between the scenes with cool visuals. McCheese. I'm right there with you. I'm bordering on two to three. Um, I would say maybe one pain because I wanted it. I've seen it so many times now. I mean, I watched it a year ago when this was almost on our Halloween pods. And then like, I didn't I did mind. I, like, I didn't mind watching it again. I like this movie a lot. Yeah. The only things I hate are the unanswered questions. And then the music at the beginning and the end drive me absolutely nuts. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with Prodigy, than, man? Other than that, I really like the movie. So I'd say I, maybe one pain to enjoyment. I mean, 96 minutes cuts it super short. I wanted it to be longer. I wanted there to be yeah. more explanation. Cause I feel like if you would have flushed this thing out, there's, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to build on this thing to make it a super good horror movie. Yeah, no, I, I I will say that's the one benefit of the shortcut is that it moves fast enough that it doesn't give you time to really think about it, which is a good thing. Uh, T-dubs. I think three beers, two pain beers, one enjoyment beer. Uh, the, the atmospherics are great. The sets are great. Uh, some of the mood that uh, it creates and, and the tension is, is still good. But everything I dislike about the movie is whatever's missing. The, the characters just yeah. don't matter like hardly any of them have anything to them and all the coolest stuff which is the practical effects and and what happens when the the ship really takes over you know like that's what i would it, it, it's really boring for a lot of it because they cut out so much stuff and seemingly all of that stuff is the blood and guts and the t-dub just wants his invite to the blood orgy it's well, just like, you know, and I then think... when they showed at the end, it's like clips, and it's like, oh, don't do that. It's like they're dead. No. The, nothing's going to happen to them now. They're already well, dead. But you also, he also sees visions of the crew, though, in the hell, the hell visions uh, portion. Yeah, you, but it's, you, it's you, just you see like the folks so strung rushed. up in barbed wire. Like if you could uh, no, get a good is. glimpse of that, it'd be great. Yeah, well, and I, I, I think there is a 
there, there was a version like that. And I, I, to your point, before I get to your beer ratings here, Captain Cash, I would say this, that there is a problem with all the connective tissue and the character development stuff that's cut. Because even though Weir has that thing with the wife and the ship, and that's kind of like a, a strong through line, the real through line of the movie ends up just being Captain Miller and his very pragmatic mission. I'm going to get them to the ship. I'm going to get them off of the ship. And that's kind of the, that's what the movie really follows in the end. It doesn't really follow all the cool stuff. It's really just, yeah, exactly. And it's, which I get it. It makes sense, but it just doesn't make for a great movie with all the stuff they have set up. So anyway, what do you got for us, Captain Cash? What's your beer rating? I'm actually, I think I'm with the Thunderous Wizard on this one. I really think this is two pain, one enjoyment because there, there is a lot to enjoy here. The cinematography is very interesting. I like I can harp on the the sets and the practical effects and everything else as much as everyone else. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not cohesive enough as a story. And like we kind of mentioned it, you know, sure, Lawrence Fishburne sort of takes the hero role, but the film is is shot in a way that it kind of makes you think maybe Weir is the protagonist, but he's not. And then, oh, by the way, in the end, it's Starbuck and uh, what's the Cooper? Cooper. Yeah, it's Starbuck and Cooper. Uh, and they, they made it at the end. It's like, wait, I, we spent the least time with those characters. I don't even know who they are and I don't care about them. Well, yeah, well Cooper had the whole, like, I was stuck outside the, the ship thing and I make it back. And yeah, literally, Baby Bear survives the movie, but you don't see him for the last half hour of the movie. It's not like Predator where the dude gets hit with the log and they have to carry his ass around. Like he's just gone, and they're like, "Oh, he put him in a coma." Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and then not Laura Dern just shows back up, like, "Hey, I'm in the movie. Remember me?" Like, "Oh yeah, what was she doing?" Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, there's, (laughs) it doesn't stay with the characters that I'm supposed to care about enough for me to worry that they're in danger. Other than Lawrence Fishburne, and he gets his big heroic sacrifice. So at that point, I'm kind of like, "Oh well, I don't really care what happens to the rest of everybody." So that's why one enjoyment, but ultimately two pain. That's incredibly fair. Anyway, it's time to grab another hell logger and stare into the abyss before we continue the pod, confront our innermost fears. But before that, let's hear from our interdimensional hell exploring pals over at the Hop Nation USA podcast. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back, folks, to our 128th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, brought to you by Woolbam Entertainment. We're still talking about one of the directing Anderson's movies. This one is about losing oneself in dark places. And no, it's not Boogie Nights, Captain Cash. I'm sorry. We're still talking about Paul W.S. Anderson's space horror classic Event Horizon. You know what? I'm going to say it's a classic now. I'm going to hop on here and make you stop saying that question mark. I love yeah, this movie. It's, it's a cult classic. It's gotten a following. And uh, for 97, it's a good movie. It could be better, but it's a good movie yeah. for 97. It was very ambitious. So I'm going to go with, I think, what's going to be a resounding yes from the pod here. Would you guys recommend watching this movie? 
Yeah. If you've not seen it before, it's worth a whirl. Yeah, yeah. it's worth a it's worth a watch. I don't Just know. skip yeah. skip the music at the beginning and the end, and it's the, way better. <laughs> dude, the, the credits are something else. It's like yeah. some guy was like shit faced in the sound room. He's like just hitting every button. There's like a slide whistle at one point. No, he's like, like you a- know what? I love Prodigy, <laughs> but I also like a uh, what do they call Choo-choo's. those old stupid player pianos? A col- uh, Nickelodeon. I'm gonna do yeah. one of each. <laughs> at, at, like uh, there's like a part of this like weird techno song where it just goes into like the Starsky and Hutch theme for five seconds and then goes back to the techno. It's like, w- wait a minute, what, what's happening? Is this is my personal hell? Yeah, turn this, this, turn this music on the, uh... after the opening <laughs> credits and before the ending credits. I believe the end credits. The song is called "Funky Shit." No, I think I believe you are 100 correct. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie slaps for being from the lawless ass 90s. Uh, the CGI does not hold up well. Uh, nope. w- hold up well, that is, which is fine, though, because it's not a CGI heavy movie. So that's not a major problem. But I will say this. Um, if you're a horror fan, definitely check it out. If you're going into this looking for like a hard sci-fi movie, you might not dig it. No. Uh, but if, yeah. you, if you like horror, go watch it. Yeah, you won't be disappointed. And Again, especially, gonna... especially at an hour and a half, you're not wasting any time, and it's not no. that egregious. I mean, there no. it could be made better, but it, you know, it's decent yeah, it's for a, how early it is. It's an imperfect film, so I mean, it is what it is. Uh, with that being said, McCheese, are you surprised it flopped? I don't know because this is '97. It came out when I was 13. I wasn't really into horror at the time, so I really didn't go see it at at the time and like you mentioned it's coming out in the same vein as titanic so people are picking between i'm gonna go see titanic with my girlfriend or i'm gonna force her to see event horizon and you're gonna get your ass trounced in that market yeah like i still think it's good i still think it should have made its money back if it was done right at least broke even but again for horror i mean what was the budget i i I wasn't sorry i was kind of 60 mil 60 mil is a tough budget for a horror movie, and they kind of wasted some of that money. They could have brought that number down. They could have extended some of the plot points, and yeah. should it have flopped? I'm going to go with yeah. I don't, you know, I don't want it to, but there's just too many things going wrong out the gate. Fair enough, fair enough. Captain Cash, what do you say? Are you surprised it flopped? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough call. Because on the one hand, it... it it's not a bad movie and the visuals are interesting, but 97 was a much more like conservative time when it comes to that level of blood and guts. So, I mean, maybe I, I, like, I feel like with better marketing, this could have made it. I think we just proved that 96 was all almost all sports ball movies. So you're coming off a nonstop sports ball year into horror and not just, normal kind of horror there's a there's literally there's a, a blood, blood orgy, orgy. that's not <laughs> yeah. like so just to set the stage here before we get to t-dubs the biggest things in theater when this thing would have released would have been uh would have been excuse me conspiracy theory that's mel gibson and uh julia roberts copland gi jane mimic and steel that's the Shaq movie. That's amazing. 
Ooh, yeah. So, Ooh, oh, and boy. Free Willy three. I mean, so it wasn't like a totally jam packed August that it well, released. And I mean, there was room for it to breathe here, but yeah, it obviously I, it didn't happen. I guess my real question is, what's the biggest horror before this? And like, you're probably gonna have to go a year back because all the biggest horrors come out in October. But what's the biggest horror in '96 or '97? Scream. This? Scream made 173 million. When was Scream? Is '96? December 20th, 1996. Okay, yeah. But Scream. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's and a Scream little. It's a little gory. Started the horror genre. It, yeah, it revitalized it the 90s. horror. Yeah. It it kickstarted by by this point in the '90s. Uh, Freddy had made himself fairly, you know, like he that franchise had it kind of gamed itself out i forget when was a new nightmare was that like we did it on the pod but i think that was before this but that made no money but i don't think this and screamer i don't think this and screamer in the same camp like this is a interstellar gore movie that's a little early for its time considering what we got with like saw in those movies it's just scream scream is more unique not as gory but very uh intellectual horror but it was meta but it was there was yeah, meta, they did this yeah. they did this type of movie a million times over it is like the shining it is like amityville mm-hmm. it's there's something wrong with the dot 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 whether it's the house yeah. or the whatever like this is a pretty tried true horror trope there's a god-awful movie ghost ship oh is, yeah which is just a tanker we, that's just we like referenced this. that earlier yeah new nightmare was 94 so like by 94 freddy's Box office cachet was dead. Obviously, Jason's had long been dead. Uh, Michael Myers didn't come back uh, for a while. Like '98, I think it's Halloween H two because Halloween '78. Yeah. Um, and before that, those movies had basically kind of worn their welcome out at theaters. I don't even know if Halloween uh, six, The Curse of Michael Myers, was in theaters. I maybe briefly, but it was the Paul Rudd one that I think was a straight to DVD. Or straight to video movie. I'll tell you what was in theaters, T Dubs Spawn. Yeah. This, so this yeah, the horror was not in the as good a place. And then Scream came out and everyone's like, oh, slasher movies rule again. Yeah, I was about to say this is a decent uh side conversation to have with the uh what is it? What's it called? Hollywood is forever. It's a decent Halloween side conversation forever, yeah. to have of like what restarted the interest in horror. I'm assuming it's Scream. And then oh, yeah. again, when you get to like Saw and Hostel, because there's always a lag in horror. You always have to find what people give a shit about or you end up going to like, you know, foreign markets, which is all the stuff that I'm going to recommend this month. Gross. All right. Well, so, hey, T-Dubs, just in summary here. So you're not shocked this fall. No, should have been October for one. Uh, two, yeah. uh, if they market it as poorly as you said, that's a big problem. But really, how do you market a movie that has no tangible yeah. enemy? It's tough. But yeah. you could, certainly could have used the blood, but it probably would have gotten it. It's like release in theaters minimized because of, you know, everybody was clutching pearls in the mid-90s about violence sure. on TV and in video games and everything else. And, yeah. You know, it's yeah. Like, well, and, you know, to your point about not having like a key main, you know, antagonist, I think part of the problem is the rushed editing. 
right? They kind of just had to hurry up and get this thing done. And yeah. I think they it just kind of hurt the story. I'm sure they could have cut this a different way to make Probably Weir and the ship more omnipresent. Hurt the marketing as well. Like you can't give away that Weir's bad, but the editing no. is really, really bad because there's scenes in this movie that have no connection. He finds Stark passed out on the ground after she'd been hit in the head. Nothing leads up to that. He just no. finds her there. Yep. And, and it like, gets worse at the end, too. What? That's the problem is the movie starts yeah. to try to build the stakes. The editing just gets worse. The just ending like, falls apart. Like, yeah. so, you know, when he gets sucked out of the, into the vacuum of space, and then all of a sudden he's a shapeshifter, it, it comes very close to nailing what it wants to do. And when it falls apart at the end, you're not going to go home and tell your friends, like, oh, you got to see this movie. It's really cool, except for the last 20 minutes, which make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> you you kind of need, like, if you have to pick what the best 20 minutes of a movie are, pick the last 20 minutes. 100%. Yeah. yeah. You got to stick the landing. This movie does not stick the landing. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm not shocked. Uh, it didn't do better, it, which is sad because it is an interesting movie with great visuals, but it just does not stick the landing at all. Um, okay. So, we do get several kills in this movie and a decent amount of gore. So uh, I'm going to have to ask the standard question. What's your favorite? Uh, I'm going to go first. My favorite kill is when James Franco gets burned alive in a stasis pod at the very beginning <laughs> of the movie. Cause that's how every movie should start. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Wrong movie. Uh, yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to go when DJ gets vivisected because that was pretty rad. Suck it. Midsummer. Does everybody one, agree? That was the coolest kill by far. One, I, by one, far. I can't let you say suck at Midsummer, but I do agree that that was better than Midsummer. Midsummer is one of my favorite. That and uh, Hereditary are some of my favorite yeah. movies. Uh, Midsummer's all right. Yeah. yeah, him him getting completely dissected and hung up in whatever that Viking thing I can't remember it's called. Blood it's, Eagle. Yeah. Blood Eagle. Yeah. yeah, that super fucked up. That that's a mm-hmm. tough one when you see them walk in on that and i don't even remember what dj's fear was to be honest with you <laughs> he, had, he had that scar on his chest his fear was... was the child who lived witnesses it's clearly it's clearly that killed but there's some great visuals in the footage of the old crew like somebody getting all their insides ripped out like through their mouth yep uh, and also there's I believe it's Jason Isaacs who in the hell future, the imagining of these people suffering in hell is just uh, is disemboweled and cut in half, like hanging. And you only yes. get like a glimpse of it, but yep. it, it looks pretty gnarly. So there was some really cool practical effect work that just gets yep. so shortchanged because of the way the movie's edited, which sucks. Well, again, that it, considering what we've learned from Jumpzilla, that hell scene could have been much longer and tougher to watch and given us more scenes, which I don't know if the general public is ready for, but yeah, I mean, after, you know, after the Saul movies and shit, now everyone can watch it, etc. Go on, like release the DVD, release the 20 year DVD cut. Let's go. But yeah, it doesn't thing. exist. But like, yeah, that, that hell scene has to be way worse than the DJ with the section. Well, well, yeah, well, you know, and the Captain Cash, real quickly. I mean, do you agree? Was it the DJ murder? I think well, you said no, because you can actually you. see him die. You just see the aftermath. You see him get grabbed, and you see the scar on his chest, and they well, start to the run. It. There's some, yeah, there's some blood, and they cut away, and then you yeah. see the results. Yeah, and that's where I'm like, eh, that's kind of like it feels like they cheaped out a little. 
Like, give me two or three more minutes of like, oh my God, what's happening to this guy? It's going to be gnarly. And then you see his vivisected body. Then I'd have been like, yeah, definitely that. Like, I kind of want to give it to Peters because she dies by falling and she doesn't die right away. Well, explain to me the blood that shoots up from out of the grates from underneath of her. That's my one big problem with that scene. I just assume that the blood guys. Well, it's blood water. Like the whole thing is now blood. The thing the the weird black hole, whatever, is sitting in a giant pool of blood after the fire guy came out of it once or twice at this point. I just kind of assume that was her like the 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 impact of her hitting that grate that was her like blood getting shot out of her yeah but i was like oh god and like she's still kicking for like two to like another minute enough for we're not possessed to run in and go oh no oh no it's it's bad and then he gets possessed. he he cares again for a second yeah Yeah. don't do very well with his transitions between no nope evil and not evil yeah and and i think we talked about it ultimately that's the problem if they had a much clearer sense of he's not in control he's in control that he's trying to struggle for being possessed with the ship or or something but regardless miller doesn't trust him either way yeah but the way it presents (laughs) he's just kind of like confused and that makes me confused and i don't like that well he's never trustworthy they're like hey we saw some really weird shit he's like impossible like what do you call me a liar he's like well yes i am like (laughs) i like the you gotta let me on the ship you gotta let me on the ship we have safety protocol we're gonna follow it's fine let me on the ship so maybe the doc's not on the level (laughs) yeah yeah so i mean we've already kind of covered this here's my standard question where did it go wrong how would you improve the movie I think we've all hit on it. So here's our chance to talk about the lost footage because, yeah, that the extended Hell Visions, the extended Blood Orgy, it probably would have helped the movie because honestly, those are like some of the more compelling and like ridiculous parts of it from a pure horror movie standpoint. Like more of that would have been good. Uh, but we didn't get it because, you know, like we said earlier, the studio wanted to cut that because it was just too much at the time. And, you know, the film comes from a very interesting time in history where you, you just didn't save cut footage like we do today you know it's kind of it's kind of strange to think about it but this comes from a time when like a special edition dvd just wasn't a thing or a director's cut dvd wasn't a thing for like a a mid-tier movie i, I will say this uh i don't know if this would have helped the structure of the movie but it'd been a lot cooler to have this stuff but you know when this movie was released it was just before the big dvd bonus feature boom uh, you know, really took off. And then some of the DVD sales for this movie really took off. The studio was like, hey, we need to get that footage. We could come out with a special edition, a director's cut, whatever. We need bonus features. We need crap for another DVD release. So Paramount went to track this stuff down. And the footage was being stored in a Transylvanian salt mine. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Yeah, all the extra footage of the blood orgy and the visions of hell were stored in a Transylvanian salt mine. You heard that correctly. I feel like that was done on purpose, maybe. Like, yeah, like, carried too much. It carried too much actual so power. Evil. I, well, I know there's something about the salt mines. I think it was like a it was like a shut down salt mine, so it's a cool, dry place. Blah blah blah. I guess there was other film being stored there as well. Uh, but when they went to go retrieve it, it had not been stored properly and it was damaged and basically unusable. 
That's that's you know. what they want you to think. Yeah. Now I they will don't say want this. you to realize that the actual visions of hell turned out to be real. Yeah, I mean, this is basically like the the prequel for the the ring. Um, no, but several snippets of this lost footage have been found in various states of post production finishing, and uh, you can find those on the interwebs. Uh, scour YouTube and Reddit, and you'll find like some fan made edits using some of these like extended scenes. Again, it's not finished quality. Uh, sometimes the, the VFX are unfinished. Sometimes the sound's not mixed quite right. But yeah, you still get the visuals and you still get to see it. Like you definitely get an extended shot of DJ uh, cut in half in the Hell Visions. So you can clearly see that that's him. But here's probably the most compelling and interesting rumor that surrounds this lost footage. Allegedly, Lloyd Levin, one of the producers, has a VHS copy of a different cut of the movie. And it's perhaps even the full cut of the movie in an unfinished state, um, but neither he or Paul W.S. Anderson have bothered to watch it as of yet. So check so, your VHS tapes. You may have gold or well, amateur be, porn. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying like the, the producers come out and say, oh, yeah, I got I got a VHS of this, but I've never watched it. I don't have a VHS he, player. He sold it at a yard sale. Now it's just like <laughs> out there, just yeah. out there somewhere. What is this? Oh, that's the unedited version of Men Horizon. What do you want for it? Uh, like five oh, bucks. <laughs> and that's and that was like in 2017. So I mean, at this point, it would appear any chance of a true director's cut of Event Horizon was lost in time, like salty tears in a Transylvanian salt mine, and uh, in a blood you know, orgy. In a blood orgy, you know. But hey, who knows? Maybe someday that VHS tape will come out, and we'll get a we'll get an Anderson cut. But until then. Those those cobbled together versions on YouTube and uh, Reddit are the best you're gonna find. If actually, if you go to the to the Reddit uh, subreddit Event Horizon, you'll find some of these fan films on there where they've spliced them in with the actual footage. And again, it's just extended, mostly the extended gore. Um, there's a couple of like deleted scenes, but it's it's nothing super significant. I don't think it really helps the narrative of the movie, but it is cool to see the extended blood orgy stuff because it is pretty wicked and it is all practical effects and pretty gnarly. Like the dude getting the rod shoved through his mouth and knocking his teeth out. That was a dude with stunt dentures. You know, they, 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 they had like a rod like positioned behind his head. And then they had some kind of like practical effect in his mouth that protruded out and shot his teeth out. It's pretty wild. gnarly. Yeah. It is wild. Yeah. And, and, you know, this won't come up later. So I'll mention it now. I mean, for those scenes they had uh, amputees and uh, adult actors uh, to fill the roles, to make them more realistic. So that helped with some of the prosthetics and, and then the, the, the orgy, the actual blood orgy, orgy stuff. And those were adult performers. So cool stuff. Again, all shot on the weekends when the suits weren't around. <laughs> anyway. All right, listener, we need to take a break and freshen up our brews before we take on the competitive portion of the pod. Up next is the Save Yourself from Hell trivia challenge. But first, here's a message from our Wobam Entertainment tag team partners over at the Double Turn Podcast. 
Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wobam Entertainment. It's now time for the Save Yourself from Hell Trivia Challenge. All right, gentlemen, it is the standard format. Five questions, multiple choice, and tonight you'll be playing for the sole VHS copy of Event Horizon's Director's Cut. Don't ask me how I got it. The runner-up will receive one of Dr. Weir's slimy eyeballs, and third place gets a peeled grape. Good luck, gentlemen. Oh, and tonight's chime in is fuck this ship or any of the pod standards. What is, hold on, what was uh, T-Dub's favorite? I'm coming, motherfuckers, or something like that. Here I come, motherfuckers! <laughs> Here I come, motherfuckers! <laughs> that was so yes, that's Cooper. ludicrous that's that he flies back to the ship with no oxygen. <laughs> There's a solid kind of like Fast Nine. I'm going to shoot, but here I come, motherfuckers. This movie inspired not only Dead Space, but Fast Nine. Uh, (laughs) Tell them, tell them, T dubs. Yeah, this is an influential work for sure. Okay, this one's for you, Mary McCheese. Question number one Which 90s EDM band did director Paul W.S. Anderson invite to contribute to the film's soundtrack? It better be Prodigy. Was it A, the Dust Brothers, B, the Prodigy, C, Orbital, or D, the Chemical Brothers? I'm gonna shoot! Fuck shit. That is McCheese. I mean, I have to go with Prodigy. If it's wrong, I'm okay. Yeah, it's, it's perfectly acceptable, McCheese, but it is, in fact, incorrect. B, the Prodigy is not correct. Who can steal? I'm Fuck okay with that. I'm okay. Fuck uh, this shit. That, is that Captain Cash? That is Captain Cash. Dust Brothers. A, the Dust Brothers. Oh, no. Hey, go ahead. Shooting your shot there, brother. Okay. A, the Dust Brothers. Incorrect. Okay. Thunderous Wizards. You've got a 50 50 shot here. Is it C, Orbital, or D, the Chemical Brothers? I would go with the Chemical Brothers. Uh, Orbital's all halcyon on and on and on. I don't don't know who Orbital is. uh, So I'll just say the Chemical Brothers. Mm, I'm sorry, but it was C, Orbital. There's no way. Way to Mm -hmm. go, McChase. Way to go. You talked you right out of that one. All right. Well, hey, folks, it's up for grabs here. It is goose eggs across the board. Question number two. One of the many cut scenes involved Larry Fishburne's Captain Miller finding a floating body part upon his entrance to the event horizon. What was it? Was it A, a bloody finger? B, a tooth? C, a severed tongue? Or D, a severed penis? Fuck this ship. Captain Cash. I want to say tooth. B, tooth. That is correct. Ah, nice. Oh, ah. I thought for sure it was the penis, considering what was happening on that ship. Yeah, you know, that would have fit too. But yeah, apparently they have a, uh, you can see it. It's it's on YouTube. Uh, he grabs like a tooth on a piece of string. Uh, apparently still had gum attached to it. That was supposed to be freaky. I don't know. But mm. I guess it's supposed to be like spinning. And they're going to do a VFX shot of like, the it's all like that three bo- it's all that 3d nonsense in. they were trying to yeah, sell you it was good. the bone that turns into the spaceship in 2001 they were going to do that but with the tooth but that they scrapped it they ran out of time and money okay 
Now, talking about running out of time and money, as we go into question number three with Captain Cash in the lead with one point, Event Horizon was famously edited in just six weeks. How many weeks did it take to finish the spinning VFX shot of Dr. Weir looking out the window of the space station at the very beginning of the movie? It's about the five-minute mark. Did it take A, four weeks, B, six weeks, C, 10 weeks, or D, 12 weeks? I'm going to shoot. Mary Cheese. I'm going to go with a solid 12. Solid 12, D. That is incorrect. Ah. Can someone steal? Fuck this ship. I'm going to go 10 weeks. I'd go 10 weeks. Yep. C, that is correct. Ah, son of a it bitch. It took them 10 weeks, which is four weeks longer than it took to edit the film That's to so finish that VFX shot. And I think it took up like half of their budget, too. Uh, you know what we should spend the money on? Just a, a spinny VS, VFX. That, that, that means nothing to the movie. You could have yes. left that out and yeah. still had better storytelling. And the shot lasted for 45 seconds. It's a nice shot of Sam Neill <laughs> staring in deep thought. I feel like yeah. we're in the wrong business. I think if we get into like VFX, do you guys know how to uh, use computers? Do you guys computer well? <laughs> Looking at you here, Captain Cash. Yeah, somebody. We could, uh, Blender? Can computer, I don't know. Can, what do you guys use now? Can you computer yeah. us some money? Oh, geez. I uh, mean, yeah. I, I got some Dogecoin. Your lack of response means we're not doing that. Let's go. Well, Captain Cash is in the lead with two points as we head into question number four. The model of the Event Horizon ship contains a Star Wars Easter egg. Which Star Wars element is included in the model's design? Is it A, an X-Wing, B, the Millennium Falcon, C, Slave One, or D, R2-D2? Fuck this ship. That's Captain Cash. It is theoretically an X-Wing, but I have never seen it. I tried to look for it. I couldn't find it either. Uh, but yeah, it is a an X-Wing. Wow. Well, with that, you have now won the match. So I hope you enjoy your VHS yeah. copy. Please let us know what the blood orgy looks like. And Glad it's, you guys it's, got it's your entirety. trivia from the same source as you dicks. Yeah. I'm sorry that I did some mild research about the the movie that we did. You're not watch. supposed to mildly research the movie you're not hosting. that's 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 totally within bounds i I do that myself Mm -hmm. but hey just for pride and shits and giggles let's do question number five again congratulations captain cash on the win here that tape is 100 percent the ring it totally is but hey if somebody gets this question right here that's not captain cash they are more than welcome to take both the slimy eyeball and the peel yeah uh mid-90s hunk jack noseworthy portrayed justin in the film before Event Horizon, he was best known for starring in a scripted drama, Dead at 21. I've actually seen the show. Which aired on what network? There's no way. Was it A, The CW, B, USA, C, VH1, or D, MTV? I'm going to give the most 90s answer I can with Fuck This Ship and say The USA Network. That is incorrect. Damn. I think CW is a more... 90s answer farts and no. tarts farts and tarts it was that wb then t dubs t dubs need your answers or do you got this one vh1 oh so close but no i'm sorry it is not vh1 i didn't remember cheese you want to take a stab so. at one of dr weir's eyeballs here you got a 50 50 shot What's, what, are, what are my answers mtv cw or mtv i, I, I just said it cw c dubs dang 
I tried to give you a hint there by saying VH1 was close. No, I'm sorry, Mary McCheese. That is incorrect. It I'm was okay DMT. not winning. I don't want any of those prizes. They're cursed. <laughs> I will keep those eyeballs and grapes for myself. Ew. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations to you, Captain Cash. You are the winner of the Save Us from Hell trivia challenge or Save Yourself from Hell. We I may see you next is not week. Very good. If not, yeah. these shipments may kill you. If I'm yep, not here yep. next week, you know what happened. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll just point this out too, McCheese. In my research, I did find that there's an online community of like Latin dorks that argue over the actual translation of this movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, obviously. Why not? Like they, no, no one can agree who actually has it right. So, I assume it's save yourself from hell. But who really knows? My Latin's terrible. But uh, <laughs> let's go with recommendations. Uh, McCheese, you teased us with some foreign fare. So, what do you got for us? Oh we'll no, I, I, I still can't find it. It's gonna. I have to dig into my uh, hard drive. But uh, this time last year, the movie I wanted to recommend for this was from sex uh no it was from love death and robots and it was called beyond the akila rift i would watch that we talked about this last year captain cash and this it lines up to this a whole lot and it's super good um because i'm uh handcuffed during halloween season i'll throw in some more um i would also watch hard candy i'd let you uh, watch let the right ones in the original version and we already mentioned it in this uh watch midsummer and hereditary thank you and i okay. will have like another six next week so t-dubs doesn't fuck with my love of halloween movies excellent spooktober fair there mccheese all right captain cash go i'm gonna ahead, do just say it. i'm just, just gonna it. recommend it again the expanse mm-hmm. if for mm-hmm. no other reason <laughs> that the expanse is very clearly influenced by this season one, episode one. The opening has to be is DuckTales. Sorry, I wish no, it has to be an homage to Event Horizon. There's this whole scene where it's like body parts and gross shit happening around the reactor core, and it's it's very clearly influenced. Uh, so yeah, watch the expanse. The final season is coming out. The end of this year like december 10 or something strong recommend yeah well i know we joked about this being a prequel for a couple of things earlier but uh i thought it was interesting that apparently the warhammer 4000 community views this as a bit of a prequel as well because i guess they have some sort of like faster than light travel in that you know tabletop gaming universe that has some potentially you know bad side effects and they they view this movie as being sort of the the originator of that concept so i find that kind of funny people have their own headcanon for this movie apparently anyway yeah good stuff good stuff the expanse uh that's that's a new one i've I've never heard you recommend that before so uh again in december yeah oh yeah excellent excellent all right thunderous wizard what do you got for us ducktales see yeah seeing as uh how this inspired Dead Space, you could just play Dead Space, which is still a great game, still a great uh, visceral experience. It is a very good game. I would definitely back up that recommendation. Dead Space is awesome. Although they're remaking it, so if you want to wait till August 6th, which is apparently when that's coming out, wait till August 6th, uh, but and then play it for sure, because the original Dead Space is top-notch survival horror video gaming. 
uh, my movie recommendation is a movie called Come to Daddy. Came out in 2020. It stars Elijah Wood as a guy who is mm. reconnecting with the father he hasn't seen for 30 years. And of course, when he gets there, that's not everything he expected. Uh, it's free on Amazon Prime. Uh, I liked it a lot. Some brutal stuff in there. Some also, I, I thought it was pretty inventive. It was all based on uh, the director's idea, like something that had happened to him. Uh, so it's just like a, from a life experience or an idea he had or dream or something i can't remember but uh he also directed uh turbo kid which is some great like schlocky 80s uh inspired trauma level type stuff it's it's cool you should see turbo kid as well so that's not a sequel to jingle all the way no okay jamie (laughs) it should be though yeah i think you'll like both of those movies but definitely come to daddy It's, it's like an hour and a half it's cool 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 well, so here's my recommendation. We've got Free Guy headed to page streaming right now. Uh, so you can check that on Disney Plus this month for dollars or I guess later this year for free. But that's not my recommendation. Uh, I'm recommending you check out the director's acting debut in a Canadian produced B horror movie, 1986's Zombie Nightmare. Uh, it's a low budget schlocky horror flick that also just happens to be Tia Carrere's first movie. Oh, and it stars Adam West for all of 15 minutes. It's free on Tubi, and if you need to kill some brain cells, check it out, Zombie Nightmare. And be careful, it's also on uh, Mystery Science 3000. So both versions oh, are nice. on Tubi right now. So if you want to watch it with the, with the commentary, you can, or you can watch the, the original thing. But anyway, uh-huh. it, it was fun. It was, it was a bad 80s you know, schlocky horror movie. But uh, yeah, the director, I can't think of the guy's name now. I should put that in my notes. The director of Free Guy is pretty much the star uh, and the head of a teenage gang. And it's pretty funny. I will say, uh, as we're going into the end of recommendations, I haven't really dived into it, but apparently Tubi has a shitload of horror movies for free. So it does. It doesn't hurt to look at Tubi for the rest of October. Thanks again for joining us on this episode, loyal listener. Coming up next, we've got the second installment in our Hops and Floptober series. The Thunderous Wizard will be taking us on a fun, fantastical voyage through a hell portal to view John Carpenter's classic, They Live. I'm going to be there to podcast and chew bubblegum. And I'll be all out of bubblegum. I mean, I can bring more bubblegum. I mean, yeah, I've got, I've got some downstairs but, but then how would i podcast <laughs> good point good point you both chew bubblegum and podcast i mean it would sound terrible Maybe. yeah some weird asmr stuff yeah that's not good Mm-mm. and just remember folks you can find the show on facebook twitter and instagram at hops and bo flops and you can find me on twitter at chumpzilla8 captain cash is at c-a-p-t-c-a-s-h on most social media and the Thunderous Wizard can be found on Twitter at WriterTLK. Last but not least, McCheese can be found at HBOF McCheese on Twitter. And please check out Wobam Entertainment at WobamEntertainment.com. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. We're always looking for recommendations. Thunderous Wizard, you created hops and box office flops to reach the fans. But she's gone much, much further than that. She tore a hole in our liver. 
a gateway to another dimension, a dimension of bad movies and mostly good beers. Pure crap. When she crossed over, she was just a shitty podcast. But when she came back, she was a shitty podcast with friends. Look at her, Thunderous Wizard. Isn't she beautiful? <laughs> <laughs>